We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, Casual Friday Edition. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for, for locking in today. Casual Friday taped on a very, uh, very snowy Thursday evening in Western New York. As always, my man, Joe Yurden, joins me. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm, I'm good. I'm I had to get a pre-shovel in before the real yeah, shoveling yeah. <laughs> happens probably sometime later tonight. But like, I don't know about you, but when it comes to doing shoveling and stuff, cause like, I'm, you know, for, for people that don't know, I live in an apartment. Oh my God. I'm just mess. I'm messing with everything here. I'm all nerves today. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I, uh, so, so, so snow blowers are right out. Like that's, that's just not, that's just not a thing that happens. And like, sure. I do the shoveling to, to, to you know help out here because uh you know a woman who owns the buildings she's, she's older and she's not going to do it like she can't do it herself she just can't and i get a nice break in the rent too so you know hey it's fine but like going out and doing this with a with a shovel like i have to be the guy that decides when is the right time to go to do stuff because like you know it, it's gonna it's probably gonna snow all night right sure and yeah. Like I got it. I still like we have. There's like steps and a landing and and whatever. And it's like I have to like. I guess I have to periodically do those just because like people use those here. And I'm just like, ah. like I don't know. Like I, I'm of the mind where I want to do it all at once when it's done, get it over with. Like un- unless it's like a really stupid like two foot storm because you can't do that. Yeah, when you got to have no choice. Got to go multiple times in. Yeah, but like last uh, this the store we got last week, man. That was a pretty solid foot plus and sure. not fun. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a lot of fun there, but, um, but yeah, but I'm looking at this and like the snow is just like blowing everywhere. And I'm like, well, this is light powdery snow. Cool. It's like, and it's stupid to even shovel that because as soon as you throw it, it's going everywhere else. Who cares? <laughs> I'll say this much though. I looked outside a couple, I haven't left my house today. Um, it's pretty, it looks pretty. It looks scenic. I've kind of accepted it. You know, last month, January, it, it snowed a lot and it was very cold and just miserable. I think I saw a stat. This was the seventh snowiest January in recorded history for, for Western New York. Anyway, it just made me miserable, man. I don't know why, but it just, it's like, I forgot that I lived here for 40 something years. 
before I left before I left for Florida, Florida brain for five years. you. It did. It, it completely brainwiped me, man. But anyway, <laughs> right now I'm like, whatever. It, it, it looks nice. It is scenic. And if I was in Florida and never came back and, and I looked on Facebook or Twitter and saw some pictures, it looks pretty. It, hey, it does like, look good. And by the way, I don't shovel. And it's not even, I mean, I am lazy. But it's not because I'm lazy. It's because of my lung. I basically got one lung. I got COPD. So I can't shovel. I will keel right over. I, I will say this, though. I did get nervous today. So my son is 19 years old and he has his license now. And he is um, driving for the, now he's, we spent five years in Florida. So he's grew up, he grew up in this stuff, but not driving, obviously. So this right. is the first time he's ever driven in, in a Buffalo winter. Oh and he was working right now. I'm in West Seneca and he got a job working in Amherst. And so today I, I, I was a nervous wreck, you know, like, I don't blame you. It's like when your kid <laughs> stays out all night and you're, you're up on the couch waiting for him to come in at two, three in the morning, whatever. Maybe you can't sleep until he comes home. Like I talked to you a little bit earlier. I said, I, I can't do this podcast until yeah. I know Shane gets home safe and sound. He did. I mean, he was fine. He said the roads were shitty and all, but eh, it's whatever. to be expected. I mean, it, it, I mean, it's, it's always crappy because you can't keep the snow off the roads all constantly like you just you just can't no, no. but like you got to pick and choose your fights though like the <laughs> main highways yeah probably okay <laughs> main streets yeah usually that's that's okay side roads no 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 don't don't bother no um you know what by the way thank you everyone as always for listening if you're on apple spotify stitcher wherever you are but if you happen to be watching i didn't really notice this until like literally just now but i am committing um i'm committing fashion negligence right now. And I didn't realize oh. that I am doing something that is literally one of my biggest pet peeves. And I did not realize it until we started taping the show. And I'm looking at myself right now on video here. If you're watching mm. this on YouTube, I have an Adidas hat on and I have uh, an Under Armour Ooh. hoodie. I don't like that stuff. I don't like mixing and matching <laughs> of brands. Like if you got a Nike <laughs> hat on, have a, have a Nike shirt on or anything else, but don't have an Adidas or an Under Armour or a Puma shirt on. If you got a Nike hat. I feel like that so, with sports teams too, Joe. I saw that. In fact, I, I know you see it in Buffalo or everywhere for that matter, but Florida, dude, it was predominant. I seen so many people who would have a Tampa Bay Buccaneers hat with a mm -hmm. Tampa Bay Lightning uh, shirt. And then sometimes even like a, a Tampa Bay Rays shorts or something like that like three different teams on your body at once i don't like that man i, I that's a lot a, of styles clashing a lot of, too. it is it is what, like what's your take on that man because i'm looking at myself i'm like this i mean it might look fine but it, i'm looking at myself i'm like dude i don't i don't like that like say even just not brands but like i said are you the kind of guy who well you're not a bills fan so i, I probably <laughs> I the wrong question it. to ask but <laughs> what do you think when you see somebody who's got like a Bills head on with a Sabre hoodie at the same time? It's just that don't work for me, man. Pick one or the other to represent that day. I think I'm, I think I'm numb to it being here because it's, it's everywhere. It is, you know, like <laughs> like the Pagulas bought the teams and then it was it won Buffalo, so everybody was just like, yeah, cool, wear it all at once. And I'm like, well, red, blue, and yellow. Well, we got our primary primary mm -hmm. colors down, so that's that's nice, I guess. If people are <laughs> people like that sort of thing, but um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've not, I've not really put a lot of thought into that. But although when you say with the with the brands, that makes me think like you don't want to be a billboard. You want to be a or you want to be a full sellout. Yeah. At that point, right. like just you know, 
not, I'm not throwing everything on just, you know, for one thing. He's like, no, I'm going to rep the brand. Right. Which now, is, I mean, I don't know. It could be a bit much too. Sometimes, and I, I'm sure I've done it before, but you got a Nike head on and a Nike hoodie or a shirt with some mm. Nike sweatpants and, and Nike sneakers <laughs> and Nike socks. Like they're in, like they're paying you to endorse their product or yeah. something. But to me, that's the lesser of two evils. I'd rather see that than see somebody who has an Adidas hat with a Under Armour, uh, you know, hoodie on and, and, and then some Puma shorts or, or some shit like that, man. That's just, come on, man. One or the other, I, I, pick one. Well, what about like when it comes to shoes? Like if you're wearing like Nikes and then you got like a shoes Puma are okay. or something. Like, you know why you shoes know. are okay? Shoes are okay because I don't pay any attention to shoes, oh, which is why okay. I buy like one pair of new sneakers every three years. <laughs> that costs no more than $60, $65 tops. That's how much See, I'll pay for sneakers, man. Because I ain't paying. My, my my kids got like four or five pairs of sneakers that are at least $150 each. And I mm-hmm. pff, no shop so, for me. I don't so you're saying enough. you don't have the sneakers app and you're not trying to buy, no. buy stuff like the second it's released, right? No. Like, I remember Marcel Louis Jacques, who was, you know, he's with ESPN.com, formerly covered mm-hmm. the Bills. He was always on Twitter posting whether he got them or not. Usually it wasn't mm-hmm. that he tried to give whatever. No. You do that? I don't shit. I no, dude. I I've got I've got a pair of, I got a pair of like uh, Onitz Onitzka Tiger. They're like they're they're Asics brand, but mm-hmm. like hey, it's like they're comfy. cool. I have a pair sneakers. of those, not those oh. specifically. I have that brand. No, they're good walking okay. shoes, man. No, well these are like the um, I don't know. I guess these are like the like the indoor soccer shoes or something like like some of them are like they're 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 more sporty. But like, I don't know, skateboard sporty. I don't mm-hmm. know. But I got a pair of those and I've been wearing those out for like five years now, I yeah. think. Four or five years, I think. They still I'm work. Just like, I, don't, I don't ever need to buy. Like, I don't feel the need to buy a thousand different shoes. Right. Like, I just, I don't know. I just bought a pair of boots, like a new pair of like nicer looking boots as opposed to my beater boots that I use for shoveling. And like. I mean, I hated doing it because I had to like try them on and I'm just like, ah, like they, they had the thing where you can measure your, you know, how, what your, what your shoe size is. And I'm like, and like one foot is like a half size different than the other. And I'm just like, ah, come on, come on like, please. <laughs> can I just, can't anything be normal? Like, I just, I just need like, cause I don't want one shoe to fit weirder than the other one, but I'm also not going to buy two different size shoes. That's insane. Yeah, I do. Listen, I completely agree with you. And Again, if you have, from my perspective, an Adidas hat with Nike sneakers, I'm not really noticing. I'm not noticing your sneakers unless they're like really, unless they really stand out, you know, like they're a a kind of neon color or something like that. I'll notice. But anyway, I'm sure people are listening saying, God damn, these old whack ass (laughs) dudes who do not give a shit about fashion are talking about sneakers and preaching to us right now about brands. Back, uh, was this like late high school? I think it was late high school. I had a pair of real nice black Jordans. Mm-hmm. Like these were nice. I don't think they were, I don't think they were airs, but they were Jordan, they were Jordan shoes. And like, they had like this cool little pin on the tongue of each sneaker. And I was like, wow, these are, these are neat. And, um, I had, you know, I like switched shoes like one day at, you know, I was at playing basketball and I just like switched sneakers and I had like sitting there for like 10 minutes and somebody swiped the pins off the sneakers they didn't take the sneakers. They just wanted the pins. And wow. I'm just like, are you kidding me? Hmm. Like, okay. I was like, this is why, like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know why it had pins in it to begin with, but like, these were cool. These are nice. These are really nice. They're really nice shoes. But I was just like, 
Like, why? Why? They also stole a pair of uh, basketball shorts from me, which I hope they enjoy because they stunk. <laughs> but like, but it's like you took a you, you you're taking like pins off a shoe. Like, all right. Like, did you lose yours? I guess I don't know. I used to care about nice sneakers and, and fashionable things. I kind of stopped once my kids got old enough to want expensive stuff. Mm-hmm. I couldn't afford to buy them expensive stuff and me. So yeah, you know, I had to sacrifice and uh, give them stuff. Before we talk about some actual sports today on Talk of Buffalo <laughs> podcast, <laughs> I, I did want to ask you because, all right, so Joe, as everybody knows, Joe is the co-host of Maintenance Day Podcast. He does that with Lance Ozowski of the Buffalo News. You also have your Substack Noted Hockey, and you've been covering hockey for, for a while now, quite a while. Yeah. I wanted to ask you this because now it's Bill's offseason, and as you, when you're reporting as a reporter and you're covering a team or a beat, or even so much as a podcast, and now this is... You know, the first time you've had your own, po- well, in Buffalo anyway, th- I think this is the first time you've had your own podcast. Like Second this. time. Although the other, uh, I was, uh, Tom Martin and I did the Oddcast uh, oh, okay. a few years back before he took off to Kansas City. Yeah, um, that's right. That's right. We did that, yeah. but like Tom, Tom was, Tom was in the role that I'm in the role of now with, with maintenance day where I'm doing all the, the tech stuff and you're doing all the real the technology work. and the editing and all yeah. that stuff. So you're yeah. doing all the real work and, and Lance jumps out <laughs> and takes the interview with you and says, have a good day, Joe. Trust me. I know what it's like. Every time I have a guest on my show, it's the same thing. You're jumping on, you're talking and then I'm doing the work. So you're, you're the workhorse of maintenance. Right. Day. I mean, you need one, like we're not making money off of it yet. Right. Maybe one day we will, but you know, we don't have a producer. We don't have, you know, somebody to run the, run the boards and do that. It's like, no man like that's all stuff i can do myself if i can do it myself i'll do it like that's that's the whole thing like well let me ask you this whether it's podcasting or whether it's journalism whether it's writing when you're covering a beat when it gets to be the off season a lot of people get bored you know like are you the kind of guy you would you rather cover let's just use the buffalo savers for an example i mean because you've Mm -hmm. covered them and this is a buffalo market and a buffalo podcast you're covering the buffalo savers you're writing about them you're podcasting whatever do you prefer for it to be in season? Do you find it easier to have content? Do you enjoy doing content more when it's in season? Or do you uh would you prefer the off season? And I know a lot of most people are gonna say in season for obvious reasons. I don't know. I mm-hmm. think I kind of feel different though, but I want to get your take first. Like, what's your preference? Do you have one? I'm I would much rather have it be in season. I like to be busy. I like to be doing stuff more like having idle time to me drives me crazy like it makes me nuts which means the past two years have been pretty pretty freaking rough you sure know, pandemic and everything else aside but yeah um but like just having lots of free time and just being like what do i what do i do with myself off season's horrible and sabers sabers didn't make it very easy by being done with the season in april and then you know you're off you know the, the rest of april may june july august and then, you know, September things start up again. I mean, you get free agency in July and you got the draft at the end of June, but like that's all done within a week of each other. I, you know, like whatever. It's like you do like, you know, for a bad team, your season ends in April, then you're doing nothing for two months and then you're cramming and you're doing all kinds of stuff leading up to the draft and free agency. And then once that's over, it's done. Mm-hmm. Like July and August are a wasteland. Like that should be vacation time. But like, you know, if you're hustling, then nothing's vacation time. Time is always, you know, how can I, how can I find a way to make a buck here? But, um, but like having that idle time, man, I hate it. I hate it. Drives me, it drives me nuts to, to have nothing to focus on, nothing to do. I, and I know like with like the draft and things like that, you can do prospect stuff, but like, 
you haven't covered those guys all year. You haven't watched all, you know, you could probably watch a lot of videos and, and stuff on YouTube, but like you're, you're not there at the games, getting a, getting a good eye on them, right. seeing, seeing how they do things and whatever. Like you're not doing that. You're talking to scouts. That'll give you an idea, but like that's secondary information. You know, that's, that's them watching the guy and telling you what they think. Sure. So, yeah. you know, you're not really able to form a lot of your own opinions without, you know, kind of sticking your neck out there and saying like, I don't know, he looks good, but like, if you're asked your opinion on stuff, you just can't go like, oh, I don't know. Like, hey, I guess he's okay. Right. I mean, everybody wants to take him in the top five, so yeah, he must be good. But like, you can't do that. You have to be authoritative. So you have to study. You have to do all that stuff. But, but like, if it's not, but if it's all stuff to enrich yourself, that's good. But it's it's not putting stuff out there. It's not doing that kind of work. Like it's it's doing all the it's doing all the research and not writing the research paper. You know, like yeah. that's. Yeah. You know, you'd, you you want to have something to show for all the work that you've done. And sometimes you just, you just don't like just ain't there. And that's, you know, that's kind of a, a sore point. I don't, maybe that's, maybe that's my brain being broken from, from doing, you know, the freelance lifestyle where it's just like, I'm not going to do something unless you pay me. So now it's just like, I got nothing but time. And I'm just like, oh, what am I going to do? Like yeah. this, you know, how do I handle this? What do I, you know, how do I go about it? I need to, I need to focus. Like, my brain's going a thousand miles an hour in every direction. I just need like a, it, it's like the cat with a laser pointer. Just put it in one spot. Let me focus on it, please. <laughs> I would, um, I actually am different. Now, l- let me preface this by saying this, and I'm going to use the Buffalo Bills as an example. Now I've never covered the Buffalo's beat or the Bills beat, I should say. Well, mm-hmm. I never did it professionally. I, I've had a couple blogs where I've, you know, wrote about the team year round. Like in terms of this podcast, this is the time of year, and this is why I ask you this. I, I like this time of year from now through the summer more than the season because I'll say this. Now, with the Buffalo Bills, again, being specific to the Bills, there's mm. during the season, okay, there's so many good pods. You got a ton of them from Buffalo Rumblings. You got a ton of them from Cover One. You got mm-hmm. Buffalo Fanatics. You got uh, the Bills Beat. You got Locked On Bills, which is an awesome show Joe Marino does. Uh, you got Matt Marino, Ryan Talbot. They do an awesome job. There's just so many good Bills podcasts out there, especially in season. Not that they take this off season, you know, that, that they stop doing it. But right. during the season, they're just, my strength isn't sitting here and giving everybody X's and O's and watching all 22 film and things mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? I feel like those podcasts are so much better in season when it comes to that type of stuff. What I like to do in the off season I think I'm pretty good at coming up with topics and I like doing things like there'll be many um, in the coming weeks and months Well, between draft previews or I'm doing some biggest bills, bright spots right now. We're mm-hmm. doing uh, you know, cut candidates. We'll have an episode about free aid. We'll have a couple episodes about free agency. And then I could get people on the show, news media people and stuff like that. And the timing just feels right. Like for an example, when the bills are in a, uh, the bills are in a, a playoff race, Late in the season, as much as I love to have somebody on from the news media, like say I had Melissa Holmes on the show, for an example, mm-hmm. Melissa Holmes having her on in, in spring when, when, the, when the bills aren't playing plays a lot better than in December when, you know, the, they got a big game against the Patriots and you go to talk yeah. to Buffalo podcast and it's, Hey, Melissa Holmes from channel. 10. I love Melissa Holmes. Don't get me wrong. I'm just using mm-hmm. her as she's the first news media name that popped in my mind, you get what I'm saying though. I actually prefer the off season. I think this podcast is more fun for me to do in the off season. I get to be a little more creative mm-hmm. and think outside of the bills box. Like I think 
during the season, those Bills podcasts have more of an advantage because they're focused solely on the Bills, whereas I like to do other stuff. And I feel like when the Bills aren't playing, by the way, I'm not even counting the Sabres, as you could tell right now. <laughs> but when the Bills aren't playing, I get to kind of go outside the box and, and use more creativity to come up with good show ideas and stuff like that. So I actually prefer yeah. the offseason. Yeah, I, 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 I 100% see that that yeah. point of view i coming at it like from a from a reporter standpoint though it's sure and and you know like i said my view is very skewed like it's you know doing freelance for so long and even you know even with the athletic where it's like okay the season's over like what do i do like do i just burn my pto now or like you know like how, how does this work and it's like no man you still need to produce you still got to put out a bunch of stuff and i'm like yeah, but what? Like, what am I? What am I going to do now that I should be doing in June? You know, in June or July that we're going to need then? Like, I'm going to write it twice. Like, no, of course right. not. Right. So that's what know, I'm it's, saying. It's uh, well, it's hard. You're speaking from a reporter point of view, though. Whereas yeah. I'm talking about coming up with content for podcasts. I know Sal Capaccio. I remember asking him this, and he told me he would get bored after the mm-hmm. draft. Once, once the draft happens yeah. in the NFL in late April, from then until training camp, nothing's really going on. So well, it's a, crazy. A NFL's weird time. now because don't they do free agency before the draft? Yeah, aren't they doing yeah, that now? Yeah, that, that's it's, it's been that way for a while. Like, yeah, March. Yeah, now you're going to get cut after the Super Bowl. You got your your guys getting cut. You got contract extension time. Then mid March, wow. I think it's March 16th is free agency. The draft is April 28th. So it's not until May where it gets really dead with the NFL. And even then, who knows? Some things still yeah. go on. And but NFL's figured out a way to con- to dominate the news cycle by stretching everything out as much as possible, which is savvy and it's smart because you, you get people talking your sport all year long, not, you know, no breaks. Like, okay. Like what, like when do, like, what is it? Right after the draft, you have like rookie OTAs or like rookie yeah. camp or whatever. Yep. yep. And then you got OTAs after, like it, it all spreads out. It all connects. And then like once OTAs are done, it's like your countdown to mini to camp. camp. There's mini camp. Right. There's mini camp. So it oh never truly dies. Yeah. It, it does slow down though. But yeah, the NFL always finds a way to stay at the, the top of the news cycle. And speaking of big news in the NFL, well, there's a lot of big news in the NFL this week. <laughs> yeah. One of them, Tom Brady retires. I mean, it was speculated, it was reported. And then it was kind of, it wasn't mm-hmm. denied it at first, but now he said, that he's retiring, so he's done. <laughs> Let me say this, man. This man, of all the stats and all the accolades and all the things he's done, we all know, we all know that. Mm-hmm. But to me, the it's not fun, but for me, the most, uh, in a way, painful stat of all of them is your boy went thirty-three and three against the Buffalo Bills during his career. Thirty-three and three. Joe, you've beaten me 25 to 10 so far in our weekly starting five drafts. That is owning somebody. That's taking somebody to the woodshed. You've been taking me to the woodshed for a while now. 33 and three against the Buffalo Bills. And one of those, I don't remember. I should have looked it up before we came on the air. One of those three losses was a season finale where he only played like a half. So I'm telling you now, in reality, he's basically 33 and two against the Buffalo Bills. It is just absolutely with all the crazy stats that Tom Brady's put together. And by the way, 44 years old, he's probably going to finish second in MVP voting this year. You can make a very strong case that he should have been the MVP. So he's going out on top, but he just Mm -hmm. owned, he owned the Buffalo Bills. It's kind of like you're a Yankees fan like me. Yeah, Uh, David Ortiz, he's a guy we, we hated during his career, but you just really came to respect him later on. And now I'm like, man, that was, I'm glad David Ortiz played for the Red Sox and 
had some of those fun rivalry moments. Absolutely not. not. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> well, no. again, you're not a Bills fan, so I can't ask you emotionally about Tom Brady. But man, you guys, ask me about Brett Favre, I'll give you a friggin' diatribe about that clown. <laughs> Jesus, the, the, the Lions, the Lions friggin' made that guy. You kidding me? Yeah, God, you, they did. Started. I know. All right, well, let's start off. Tom Brady, I'm not going out on any stretch here. He's the greatest of all time for you, right? Yeah. Or no. I mean, no. maybe he's just, a lot of people think he's the greatest winner of all time, but not necessarily the greatest quarterback. And I disagree with all no. that vehemently. No. Wait. This this guy's progressed through like what? How many different styles of football since 2000, uh, 2001, 2002, like whatever? Like, yeah. You know, he came in at like the tail end of like you needed a peak running back to get, you know, to get by. Like you needed a peak running back to get your to get your offense going. And he went from being like the game management type to being like, no, sling it around. And he didn't have a big he didn't have the biggest arm. He didn't you know, he couldn't couldn't throw the ball like 80 yards downfield. But like, no, this dude, this dude like perfected what was, I guess, like a modified version of the West Coast offense. Um, and just always found a ways and like he did it without, he did it without having like superstar receivers for an extended amount of time, you know, like his top receiver for a bunch of years was Dion branch, you know, like he had Randy Moss for a couple of years or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that's fun. Um, good slot receivers, but you yeah, know, like I know where you're going like, and you're hundred percent. Right. I'm like, but like Amendola and Edelman and those guys, like yeah, Wes Welker. Like, yeah. yeah, Wes Welker, Jesus. Like, I mean, all these guys where you're just kind of like, all right, whatever. I mean, tight ends, I mean, you, have, you get Gronk for a bunch of years. That's pretty nice. But well, we're going to talk about him in a minute, by the way. Yeah. But, I, <laughs> like, but like, I mean, he never had, like, blow-your-brains-out amazing wideouts that you could be like, well, he's only good because blank. Nah, you can't say that about Brady. Like, you can be – if you try to say he's only good because of Gronk, bro, like <laughs> – he was great before Gronk. You kidding me? Like it, it's not just because of that. And like they've never had running backs that were that were stealing the that were stealing the limelight. They never like not once. Like they had Corey Dillon at the end of his career one time, and like that was kind of neat. But you know who else? Who else did they had? Like what Leonard? Uh, not Leonard Fournette. Uh, I mean, who cares? It, it doesn't matter. Right? I know. I, <laughs> It I doesn't matter who, what guys had a running back because they I, had Tom Brady. I agree with you 100%. You're right. And furthermore, I mean, saying he's the, the greatest winner of all time, the winningest quarterback of all time, is not even a debate. I mean, there's you literally can't debate that. A right. lot of people might say, he's, but he's not the greatest quarterback. And this is where I disagree. Now, sure, Aaron Rodgers might throw a prettier football, and uh, Dan Marino might have gotten rid of the ball quicker, and John Elway might have had the best arm. You know, he can go on and on about all these other guys. But it's not even just the stats. And by the way, his stats were amazing. And he made so many players around him better. But it was his, the way he was prepared for games, his ability to read defenses. He figured it out at some point in his career. There was nothing you could throw at him that he hadn't seen before. So his readiness, his preparation, his leadership, his ability to come through in the clutch. How many times have we watched Tom Brady play through the years where he was very uh, ordinary for three and a half quarters? But then you need that fourth quarter, you know, that that drive, whatever it mm-hmm. takes to win the game, he would find he'd find a way. His practice from everything we've heard, his practice habits have, were phenomenal. He attracted other guys to want to play there. Like this one ring they got in Tampa. Grock came out of retirement or whatever because he wanted to play, or he didn't retire because he wanted mm-hmm. to play with them. 
Guys take let Leonard Fournette wanting to go to Tampa Bay. A lot of these guys, Randy Moss wanted to go to New England. A lot of Julian Edelman didn't want to play anywhere else after Tom Brady left. He was done. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? His ability to make other people want to play with him. You factor all that stuff. And that's what, for me, makes him the greatest quarterback of all time. Beyond just the stats and beyond the, the rings, which is seven of them. Just ridiculous. Ten yeah. Super Bowls he's played in. And you know what? Like with, with any of the other quarterbacks that you want to throw in there as like the, the greatest winners, you know, like Montana is probably the, the first one that comes to mind. Well, Montana also had Jerry Rice, <laughs> you know, that, that can make your, that can make your job a little easier. That's not to take away from Montana. Montana was incredible, mm -hmm. but like you have the greatest wide receiver of all time as your, as your main guy. Like that's eh, pretty good. Uh, you know, Elway wins a couple of Super Bowls that, which was awesome to see, but he was at the end of his career and Terrell Davis was the running back. You could argue Terrell Davis was more important to those two teams than than Elway was. I mean, Elway had to manage it, and he had you know some you know spectacular highlights in in those games. But you know, Terrell Davis was kind of the guy that was that was doing the work there. I mean, the other two times they went to the Super Bowl, they got their they got their asses handed to them by the Giants and the Niners. So like, you know, you know, what are you gonna do? I mean, he, great career, fantastic career, you know, beautiful Hall of Fame career. That's awesome. Like, but like, if you want to put him in the same same uh you know venn diagram as tom brady you can't you just can't like you know terry bradshaw like bradshaw you know he played on an unbelievable team in the 70s he wasn't he wasn't even the best quarterback in the nfl at that point like no you know, he, was, he, was really, he was good game manager like but hand the ball off to franco harris and you know hit lynn swan for some passes and call it a day like that's you know that's how it was and then the steelers defense did all the work so you know fran tarkenden you know four super bowls no wins jim kelly four super bowls no wins like you know anybody you want to you you, you want to throw into that pile like it doesn't really it doesn't really work <laughs> you know like you know Marino went to what two Super Bowls one Super one Bowl? yeah just the one, one Super Bowl right. it was his Super second nineteen his second year in the NFL I've heard a lot of is Joe Burrow going to be in the next Dan Marino in a loaded AFC he goes to you know Super Bowl his second year yeah. and never gets back which I mean, that's that's a hell of a thing to throw on a guy in his, his second, second year, year exactly his second let year, it play man. out guys exactly but uh yeah i, I hear you. i completely agree i'll tell you what let's take a really quick break and come back on the other side and we'll start to get into some uh some bills and saber talk as well as our weekly starting five draft this is going to be a good one too so be right back guys We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, I'm back with Joe Yearning Casual Friday. So news-wise with the Buffalo Bills, well, two pretty big developments. A, Brian Dable got the New York Giants head coaching job. And B, Ken Dorsey ultimately was promoted to offensive coordinator. And that felt like it was going to be a foregone conclusion at one point. But there was a report. There were 11 teams out there that were interested in Ken Dorsey for their OC position. So, I mean, the guy came coveted and I'm going to assume, you know, for all the, uh, Pagula bashing when it comes to the Buffalo Sabres side of things, one thing you got to say about Pagula that you got to give it up for, at least on the football side. And Brandon Bean has talked about this during press conferences numerous times. He does a spare expense. He gives them the res- He says Brandon Bean, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, but he gives us every resource that we need. Ken, I'm saying this because Ken, I promise you, Ken Dorsey did not come cheap. And with all that other interest around the league, I'd be willing to bet he's one of the higher paid OCs right now. But anyway, for him, your thoughts on Brian Dable going to the New York Giants. I kind of feel like uh, we knew this was coming this time around. We thought it was going to come, or at least I thought it was going to come around. A lot of people did last year that he was worthy of getting one of these head coaching jobs. But this time around, he he does land a job with uh, the New York Giants. Again, let me ask you this. I mean, obviously, you're happy for the guy, of course. Mm-hmm. Are you concerned whatsoever when it comes to, I mean, this is the only offensive coordinator that Josh Allen has ever had to this point. Are you are you concerned that losing him might have some sort of uh, negative effect on, on Josh Allen? You know, um, I, I, I initially I was going to say I'm not too – worried about that for Allen uh until the Brian Flores suit lawsuit came out mm-hmm. and there was that little note saying that uh Dayball was unhappy with you know where he was talking about like he would accept the OC position with Flores even if he didn't get the head coaching job because he just wanted to get out of Buffalo yeah because he and McDermott didn't get along that's what gives me pause because because now you got Dorsey who's a first time OC and you know he's coming off being the quarterback coach which you know hey you, you got Allen's blessing you're you're good to go in buffalo but still the uh the whole talk about balance in the offense and all that stuff makes me just go okay Sean what are you doing here pal cuz your team is is Allen like the team the bills are Josh Allen and they will go as as far as as he can as he can take them as long as they allow him to do it. Um, I'm nervous about that for Buffalo because I, I swear up and down that any of those weird play calls for the offense that we've seen, you know, all, all season, like the weird, you know, trying to you know, fall back on the run a bunch of times. And like, just like, what are you doing? Like, why, why are you doing, why, why are you calling plays this way? That's got McDermott's fingerprints written all over, as far as I'm concerned, um, because 
he's a he's a traditional sort of old school style coach. He wants he wants to have that smash mouth running game. He want you know he's got he's got a passing game now that they've built for him. Like that tells you you should be throwing the ball ninety percent of the time. You know, forget a run game. Like it, if you want a run game, sc- throw screen passes. That's the, that's your run game. Yeah, or, like, or three yard passes to Cole Beasley. Yeah, yeah right. Just just dump it. It's throw it to somebody. It's, it, just throw the ball to somebody. Who cares? It doesn't matter. But when you're trying to force a run game to happen, I don't know, man. Like that's that's the thing that gets me nervous about this because I, I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of stress on Dorsey to to kind of follow McDermott's lead because you know, listen, it's, it's his first time doing being an OC. That's you know, that's a big responsibility. Um, and I would hope that Dorsey recognizes that this team this team is built to throw the ball. Like that's that's what they're meant to do. And that creating an offense and building an offense around that. And I have to assume he's going to have a pretty hearty amount of what Dable's playbook was sure. uh, as part of his own. Um, but I mean, you can't, I, I, I'm, I'd be very worried about McDermott flexing the head coach strength a little too much with, with trying to make, you know, make play calls. I don't know if it's, yeah, it shouldn't have to get funneled through him, but you know, at some point he's, he's going to be like, Hey, what are we doing here? Like, no, 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 let's, we're going to do this. Yeah. Good take, man. I would say this. I'm, I'm happy. First and foremost, I'm, I'm happy for Brian Dable. I would feel if, if they lost, I almost said, we, I almost fall for that time and time again. <laughs> this is on talk Buffalo podcast, at least anyway, it's not, we, it's the Buffalo bills. If the bills lost Brian Dable, and they went outside the organization to find their offensive coordinator. Let's say Ken Dorsey went with them to New York or one of those. Well, I'm sure the Giants were one of those 11 teams in the Bills. So there was at least nine other teams that were very interested in him. Let's say he went to one of those teams. I would be far more concerned about Josh Allen and the offense going forward. I think Ken Dorsey has become like a, a disciple, so to speak, of, of Brian Dable. He got Josh Allen's endorsement. At the risk of sounding corny, that's pretty much good enough for me. I think... He will continue a lot of the same principles that this offense has. So I, I think Dorsey was the right pick. And again, Dable, there's 32 jobs in the world. You're going to take one if you get offered, yeah. unless it's the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Houston Texans. So maybe there's only 30 real jobs out there <laughs> in the world. But seriously, I, I'll, I'll say this, man, too. In terms of the rift, and I saw the report, I saw the the uh, Flores' uh, lawsuit, the, the language in it. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not surprised. I think, I think, and again, I, I can't say for sure because I'm not in a locker room. I'm not covering a beat full-time, but I have talked to some of the guys who do cover the beat full-time, some of the guys and the girls. Um, it's not surprising, really. And from what I understand, it's not nothing out of the ordinary. Like there mm-hmm. were moments with the rift between the two of them. Tension, that's the word that I, I was trying to think of, tension. but it's not really that uncommon between coaches and coordinators, especially if a coach has one vision that's differing from the coach. It's no secret. Sean McDermott wants to run the football more effectively and probably in his world would like to run the football more, but also to Sean McDermott's credit. I think he knows who his quarterback is. You know what I mean? And and what butters the bread and that's Josh Allen with his arms and his legs. I think that any tension or rift might've been a little bit blown out of proportion. Although, if it is true, and we don't know if it's true, but allegedly Brian Gable would have been willing to take the offensive coordinator job for the Giants if Brian Flores 
had been hired. So I don't know, but regardless of how they felt, they worked together fine. Again, let's go back to the playoffs, Joe. They lost mm-hmm. that game because of 13 seconds. They lost that game because it came down to 13 seconds because the defense couldn't make a stop. Mm-hmm. So I'm more inclined to still be at this point concerned about Leslie Frazier or Sean McDermott's game management there at the end than I am about the offense. So mm-hmm. if any rift or not, I think the offense will be in good hands with uh, Ken Dorsey. One other thing too, by the way, I got to bring this up because you you mentioned Gronk. Dude, this is going to be a... Uh, this is gonna be a long off season, man. I mean, they're always they're always long off seasons. All right, so yeah. But <laughs> I listened on. I think it might have been Monday or Tuesday with WGR. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, and it, it brought me back to you weren't in Buffalo at, at this time, so you wouldn't remember this. But calls a lot of calls, not one call, but multiple calls. Sean McDermott needs to be fired. Get rid of him now. Um, they should, uh, my favorite, which I knew was going to be an off season narrative from overreacting bills fans is that the bills should have got rid of McDermott now and kept Brian Dable. So he wouldn't went to the giants and Brian Dable should have been the head coach. It reminds me of the early to mid nineties where I remember after every super bowl loss or leading up to the, even the, the four super bowls, though, the one after that, or the two playoffs before they got to the four super bowls, every single year without fail, there'd be a bunch of callers calling the radio station saying Marv Levy should be fired. And then you had the crowd who would say Frank Wright should be starting ahead of Jim Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you heard that every year over it. And look, in fairness, I'm not really throwing too much shade at Bill's Mafia because I'm sure there's 31 other fan bases that have a bunch of overreactors that call their various radio stations. As of well. course. But you're hearing that already. It's going to be a long, <laughs> I called it feisty. <laughs> this might be the most feistiest Buffalo Bills fan offseason that I've ever seen, especially now in the advent of Twitter. And this is a team mm-hmm. that people are angry about because last year was a nice surprise, so to speak, the rise. But this year it was an expectation. I think a lot of people are still angry. And I already got into it this week with fighting. You mentioned Gronk. I said in a tweet earlier this week that if Gronk doesn't retire, and for the record, I do expect him to retire. But if he doesn't and he wants to play one more year, I think the Bills would be a great fit. I think Mm -hmm. the Bills were interested. It was reported the Bills were interested last March. So this whole Trey White bullshit didn't bother the Bills from being interested last year. And yes, I love Dawson Knox. I've talked about him a ton. But you get an opportunity to bring somebody like Gronk, a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, who, by the way, last this past year, 800 yards, uh, 50-some catches, and six Mm -hmm. touchdowns in 12 games. The guy's still damn productive. And he's a great blocker, too. The Bills can mm-hmm. run a lot of two tight ends. It's just no, no uh, indictment on Dawson Knox. You find a way to use both of them. But anyway, I suggested that there would be mutual interest and fans started fighting with me. They went nuts. Mainly Why? because he's washed up, because oh he played God. for the Patriots, and oh most mostly because of December of 2017 when he did give Trey White a filthy cheap shot. It was dirty. Mm-hmm. It was filthy. Yep. The shit was four years ago. And it was in the heat of the moment. I don't think Gronk said before to play, if we make a mistake and I get a chance, I'm going to try to injure and take out Trey White and put him out for the season. It was the heat of the moment. It was a mistake. It was a terrible cheap shot. Mm -hmm. But, dude, it was over four years ago now. You don't think the Bills would be interested in Rob Gronkowski? Because a lot of people tweeted at me, well, they need to talk to Trey White first and see how he feels about it. Bull 
shit. First of all, I <laughs> promise you, Trey White. I promise you. I promise Trey you. Trey White will be first in the line to welcome exactly. him. Exactly. Trey me? White wants to win a Super Bowl. You don't think he's going to bring somebody like Gronk or welcome him onto this team or at least be accepting of him if nothing else? Get out of here, man. Nice. This is where fans are reaching already. You guys are going nuts out there. It's only freaking the beginning of February. I can't wait to see what the insane the insane stuff is, you know, after a couple more months, you know, let's get, let's get a couple months beyond the Super Bowl and see what kind of craziness erupts. Cause I think, what was it? Um, well, no, I'm thinking of like the, when people got goofy about Mitch Trubisky, where they're just like, well, you know, if Allen goes down, we're okay. We're in good hands. Like, no, you're not. You, <laughs> you ever watch a bears game for crying out loud? They're like, well, he lit it up in that one preseason game. I was like, yeah, I could too. <laughs> you know, right. you know, like let's get real here. But like, but yeah, like Trey White would be the first guy in line to welcome Gronk. He'd be like, "You got you're bringing in a guy with multiple Super Bowl rings, like for crying out loud!" And he still could play, by the and way. He's still good. Yeah, he's not. Know? A and he's from here. It's yeah. it's righting or wrong. Again, you know? I I'm not trying, Joe. I promise you. And anybody listening or watching this right now, I promise you, I am not trying to say Dawson Knox was a fluke this year. I'm not downplaying. I literally just put out a video on YouTube. I took a clip mm -hmm. from Tuesday's show highlighting Dawson Knox emerging as a big bright spot this year i love dawson knox man and it's not, nothing against him but you don't no, not bring you're in adding, a guy like you're Gronk. adding to the pile like you're adding more quality players isn't that the point of you, having this you offense look at, you look at tommy sweeney last year the backup tight end who was just joe he's not good you enough got it. He, nope. they got away from certain personnel that they wanted to run and they couldn't because mm -hmm. he was just simply not capable he ain't that guy they ran reggie gilliam played a lot more He's a fullback, but he, you know, he's a tight end last year. So he's kind of like a hybrid player. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I would argue to say that if you're bringing in a guy from one year, a guy like Gronk is a second tight end or one B, one A, one B, whatever you want to call him. It doesn't freaking matter. Mm -hmm. That would be more valuable to the Bills offense than going out and getting next year's version of, say, Emmanuel Sanders, a one-year stopgap receiver mm -hmm. who might be anywhere from your third to fourth receiver on this team. Give me Gronk 10 times out of 10. Before why that. can't Gronk be your Emmanuel Sanders in that case? Like why? Yeah, why not? Like, does it need to be another wide receiver? Like it can. Like Gronk's basically just a giant wide receiver. Bills fans, not all Bills fans, by the way. I shouldn't lump all everybody into one category. Right. There's a lot of Bills fans out there to treat Gronk like like Gronk's the enemy, like Gronk's Tom Brady, like Gronk hates the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Dude, he grew up in Buffalo. He just <laughs> talked about it in an interview. I think it was in the Athletic or something like that a year ago. I, I just read it recently this week. He grew up a Bills fan. He remembers sitting in the stands mm -hmm. for a lot of those games. He remembers Jim Kelly's last game here in Buffalo. You don't think this dude, again, if he doesn't, I do expect him to retire. But if he doesn't, and he's going to play another year, I don't think he's going to be in Tampa Bay. I think mm -hmm. Tampa Bay's headed towards a, a rebuild, rebuilding project. Brady's gone. They don't got a quarterback. And they got a Unless they lot. trade for Aaron Rodgers. Eh, I don't see Ooh. that happening, man. Eh. Wouldn't, that be, wouldn't that be funny? I can't see Green Bay doing that. Green Bay's got to have at least some say in where they send him. I do think yeah. he's going to get traded, but I think he's going to be in an AFC team. But anyway, Tampa Bay, I looked at the roster, dude. Loaded with expensive guys or good players that are free agents. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he's going to play for Tampa if he comes back. And there's other scenarios. There's other contending teams. But that's the thing about the Buffalo Bills right now, Joe. For the first time, well, second time if you count last year, they're that team now. It's funny. Mm -hmm. Free agents used to come to Buffalo for one of two reasons. You come to Buffalo because either A, they're going to pay you an absurd amount of money more than anyone else. See Mario Williams, see Derek Dockery, see Langston Walker, see all these guys during the Buffalo Bills bummy years. Or B, 
you sign with the Buffalo Bills because ain't nobody else watching. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's how that was the the way to come to Buffalo through all these years. It's different now. Now these guys who are getting long in the tooth or, or quality veterans and their focus, they want to make money, but their biggest focus is to win a Super Bowl. You got the quarterback. You got the Kansas City game, notwithstanding, the number one ranked defense in the NFL, although they were kind of fraudulent. But anyway, they're a good defense. They're, they're a good defense. Yeah. Point being is Buffalo's a legit contender. You want to come here if, for Super Bowl reasons, Super Bowl aspirations now. Buffalo's a great place to be, man. Yeah. No, it's it, it, it it's here. It's Kansas City. It's... There's a handful of teams. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a there's a good handful of teams. I'm sure people are going to be itching to be on the other side of Jamar Chase in Cincinnati now. Like, I'm sure there's going to be there's going to yeah. be stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. but like a team that's built to win now, like the Bills have been that way for the last two years, two mm-hmm. three years, honestly. Like, I and I know that's not the mindset of people here, but you know, two years ago people were just like, ah, it'd still be cool to make the playoffs. Like, guys, no, like, yeah. <laughs> no, set your sights a little bit higher here, please. <laughs> and you know, like, and. The, uh, the, you, I mean, I mean, it's, I know it feels weird to say that they're, you know, that they're that team now, but they a hundred percent are like, you know, they're built well enough to, to, to make that, to make that jump, to be a Super Bowl level team, to, to make, to get there and to win it. Like they're built that way. Like that's, that's their, if they, and if they don't, it's a disappointment. If they don't, if they don't make it that far, it's a huge disappointment. And free agents know that. And free agents know that. That's what I'm saying. I think the free, it's one thing for us to feel that as fans or or media that covers the team. It's another thing when NFL players, when free agents, when veteran players out there are feeling that. And I think that's been uh, well-established. Now on the other side, quick transition here. We'll only spend a few minutes talking about them. Buffalo Sabres, not quite, (laughs) uh, championship contenders at this time. So we've headed into the break. I think they're off to what the 10th now. I think they play and I think it's February 10th that they play mm-hmm. again. But anyway, 45 games in, I'm looking at the record right now, 14, 24 and seven, 35 points. They're tied for 27th in the NHL. Uh, for those who are hoping that they'll sink all the way to the bottom and get the highest draft at odds. That's not going to happen. Montreal and uh, Arizona. Also seek help. Yeah, also seek help. <laughs> But <laughs> be, at, before you seek help, know that Montreal and Arizona are probably going to uh, fight that out for that. Yeah, they're, number they're one. running away with that. They're yeah. running away with the title. Yeah, right they're now. running away with that title. Uh, Seattle, Ottawa, New Jersey, uh, they're right there with Buffalo. Phil, Philly's not far up ahead. Anyway, point being is, I think where they're at, where they are now is probably close to where they'll be at the end of the year. They're 27 now. Maybe they move up mm-hmm. somewhere between like that 24 to 29 range is where I could see them being in the conference, uh, or I mean the league standings. The story of the first half for me, dude, is, and we've talked about this a couple times on the podcast previously, but COVID, obviously, and injuries, man. I, I mm-hmm. mean, it is, Casey Middlestat has been out three separate times. Um, the goaltending has been completely decimated, although mm-hmm. guys are coming back now. Uh, Jack Quinn has been hurt, uh, what, twice now? He's been up. Yeah. Well, he's out with mono, and now he's now yeah, he's hurt. Right, yeah. right. Mono, and now he's got a, a physical injury. So, for me, the most frustrating part about this, well, little more than a half season right now, and I and I've talked about this before with you on the show, is win or lose is okay. I want to see these guys play together. I want to see this whole team whole. You know, I want to see them nearly at full health at least. I mean, you can't expect any team to be hundred percent healthy. 
especially at this point of the year. Mm -hmm. But I would like to see it. Every time it's like two guys come in, Tuck comes, Krebs comes, then now Quinn's out, you know, and the middle stats out. I would like to see these guys playing together for a nice stretch of even just 10, 15 games, man. And, and let's see what they look like with a full roster instead of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, again, three, four guys out every single game is frustrating. And a lot of good players too. I mean, these aren't like bum player injuries. These are, right. it's a lot of the good players in COVID. I mean, COVID is COVID and mm -hmm. it does, it does seem like the Sabres. I mean, I don't know the numbers. I could be wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm not speaking factual here. I'm, I'm just thinking. I feel like the Sabres have been hit by COVID hard, not, not the hardest. I know there's been other mm -hmm. teams that have been hit harder, but they gotta be up there. They're, um, they might be, uh, there's a, there's an account that, that counts, uh, man games missed to in to injuries in the NHL. I'm going to see if I can bring it up real quick. Um, but Buffalo is very high on that list. Um, from middle stat missing like 38 games to, you know, Tukarski's missed a bunch of games now. Uh, you know, Quinn, I, I don't even know if they would count Quinn for that, but like it's, it's so, I mean, geez, I can't believe how, 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 how frustrating that has to be for, for everybody in, in that room, just because like, what are you going to do? Like I, there's, there's almost nothing you could do about it because the injuries are, are kind of freakish. Um, you know, COVID's COVID, you know, whatever, like you deal with it as you can. And, you know, it, it's here. I'm looking at now. Yeah. They, they've, they have the second most man games missed because of injury and COVID protocols. Montreal's first. Wow. So they've lost 338 games. Wow. Wow. This season, like from, from various guys, like that's crazy. You know, Craig Anderson missed the, like 30 something games probably, right? Or 20 or 30 something. Like, I don't know, but it's a lot. It's a lot of guys out and you're getting glimpses of what some of these guys that you know are going to be your guys moving forward. Like you're just getting peaks of them. You know, you, you, you're getting, you know, you're, we're getting a real good taste of what Alex Tuck is going to bring. And that's, he looks dynamite. He looks absolutely super. You know, we're getting a good look at Krebs. Krebs is another guy who looks like, he, like he's going to be a real nice fit. Um, and even, you know, you know, Thompson's grown, you know, grown into his role very well. Uh, you know, Skinner's had a nice bounce back season with, you know, I know people don't consider Skinner part of the future, but like, he's got five or six more years left on the deal. Guess what? He's part of your future, whether it, you like it or not. Isn't he one of the few guys on this team that hasn't gotten hurt or gotten COVID this year? I could be wrong. I, I feel think like, so I think he's played I almost right. all season. I think Darlene's been out there pretty much all season. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, man, I, there's not a lot. That's my point though. It's like, God, every time so, it's like one step forward, two steps back when it comes to this roster. And again, I don't, even if they don't win a game, if they could go three weeks in March without winning one game, I just want to see this roster play together. And mm -hmm. I think you get a better idea of seeing what you have. It's, it's just frustrating. You're brought up. I'll tell you what, next week, because the Sabres don't play for a full week, I think next Thursday night is when they return to action. We'll be taping our podcast for next week. Then the one guy I did want to ask you about, and we talked about him a little bit last week. Is Alex Tuck, man. I, I think this guy has been, uh, he's been every single bit as good as advertised. Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't watch a lot of Sabres hockey. Well, I sort of do. I did watch the Vegas game and I, it was embarrassing for a while, but they also in fairness that I think you tweeted about this during the game. They look like a team that was just ready, tired and ready for the break. 
You know what I mean? They're, they're on You're the road. For the bus. It's been between the injuries <laughs> of COVID and, and being on the West Coast. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they needed that break bad. But I'm like, during that game, I'm like, they're, you know, they, they scored twice. And that tuck goal, that nice shot, man. This guy is a good player. He, he I like him mm-hmm. a lot, man. He's 13 points, including five goals right now in 13 games. And this guy, look, he's never going to be Jack Eichel and neither is Krebs. But I do, and again, it would be nice to know if I could watch all four lines play together that I projected, think they would. But um, Tuck looks like a keeper, man. He looks like a for sure fire, even if your team gets good down the road. He's a, mm-hmm. at worst, he, he's a top six forward, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I yeah. mean, he, he was, he, he wasn't top six in Vegas just because they have a loaded roster. Like that's, that was the only catch there. Like they had, you know, Vegas had one line that was basically together since since the inception with you know with Carlson Smith and uh, Marsh. So, and then you know they go out and get they get Max Patch ready. You know they got they got a bunch of these other dudes, and you're just like, okay, well, you know, Tuck's still kind of young. Uh, what do we do about this? And you know that he becomes the instant target for for you know the guy to send to Buffalo in that deal. So, it's it's the great it's a great opportunity for him. You know, it works out even better. For, for the Sabres that the guy grew up outside of Syracuse as a Sabres fan. Like he's, you know, he's as big a Sabres fan as anybody out there, you know, as, you know, as a kid, especially like he, him and his brother are both like, you know, huge Sabres fans, his, his younger brother uh, still, I, I don't know if he's been drafted yet or, or not. He's close. If he hasn't been drafted yet, he's, he's going to be soon, but, um, but he, but like, this is, you know, people are already talking about slapping the C on him, which, yeah, he, he seems to be seems to be the guy that makes sense. Like, because he's got the attitude, he's got the, he's obviously very socially uh, totally adept. You know, yeah. like he's great with the media. You know, he's great with the questions, all that stuff. He's he lines up to be the perfect guy to pick for that because you know, you know, after having it on Jack for so long, and it was just like, you know, people were calling Jack to have it the second he showed up the town. And it was just kind of like easy, everybody. Like this is, you know, you got to give this time sometimes. And um, but I think in Tuck's case, like the rest of this team is going to be a lot younger around him already, if not, you know, if not next year too, because there's going to, you know, you're going to have power here next year. Um, you might have, you know, you might have one. You might have, you know, you're going to have a, a couple other guys possibly, you know, fighting for spots in camp. You know, after you know getting out of college or juniors, like. He's Tuck's weirdly enough. Tuck's kind of like the older guy out of the bunch. Yeah. Even though he's not that old at all. Like that's, that's the crazy part. But, um, but he's, he's been as advertised. He's been, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't actually, I don't know what the advertisement was for him, but I think it was just a lot of us being like, no, he's good. We swear. And people Ah. damaged by the, the O'Reilly trade and being like, well, he better be like, okay, I get it. But like, it's nice of Alex Tuck to make those of us that said, no, I swear he's good, uh, look very smart. So thank you, Alex. I appreciate it. <laughs> I think Krebs was the the centerpiece because he's the prospect. He's a young guy who hasn't yeah. really played. And Tuck was that reliable top nine forward. But he, he's been he's been even better than that. We'll talk next week more about the Sabres again. They're on a break for this next week. So I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. It'll ramp up mm-hmm. uh, by next week. I want to end like we always do. We're going to finish with our... Weekly starting five draft. Uh, last week. Yeah, baby. Most overrated songs. And <laughs> eh, eh, what are you going to do, man? I took another one on the chin. 
Uh, Joe won with 62% of the vote. Let me uh, pull it up here so I can find uh, the picks. All right. So Joe took Sweet Caroline, which if you're watching this on YouTube right now, you can see this picture of Neil Diamond, this graphic. Joe drafted Sweet Caroline, Don't Stop Believing, uh, Let It Go. I don't agree with that still. Hotel California and and Wonderwall. I only was able to pull 38% of the vote. I drafted Love Shack. Paradise by the Dashboard Lights, um, Pitcher, Cheryl Crow and Kid Rock, Shiny Happy People, and uh, Cruise by Florida Georgia Line. Let me say this before we get into this week's topic. <laughs> Quite literally, I lost followers on Twitter because I because <laughs> of Meatloaf. I lost. I legitimately too soon, man. I legitimately, I yeah. People were saying that it was too soon, and we talked about this. I said, dude, I'm not trying to piss on the man's grave. I and we said this last week on the show. If people, I think some people voted on Twitter and got mad without listening. How dare you, people you, out whoa, there? Whoa, you mean that happened? Holy uh, I crap. guess so. Whoa. I, I made it a point last week during our show. I said, listen, I respect the man. I mourn his loss. I know how many fans he had. He did a lot of good things for music, rock opera stuff. I just think some of his songs that are popular suck. And I'm sorry, man. I wasn't, his death wasn't going to change that shit for me. So anyway, I lost a lot of followers because of Meatloaf. I would say conversely. Now, again, the only thing I can say, and I'm laughing because it's just funny how I continuously get my ass kicked in these things. And by the way, it's become kind of a, a phenomenon on Twitter for people to make fun of me at this point about this shit. And That's I'm, pretty good. I'm, they really do throughout the week. I could be tweeting about something that ain't got nothing to do with this show, and I still hear about it. I will say the only reason why I think you didn't even win by more is because a lot of people disagreed with your Hotel California take. I did see some pushback. Yeah, on that one. I did see some pushback on that, but I was, but I answered them all with um, a gif of the dude from from Big Lebowski because his rant on the Eagles is exactly how I feel. <laughs> where he's like smashing the cassette and he's like, man, fuck the Eagles. I'm like, yes, speak the truth, dude. <laughs> yeah, you look, I said I didn't like some meatloaf songs. You you straight up said you don't like no, the Eagles. Eagles Eagles could take a hike. <laughs> Joe Walsh, I saved Joe Walsh. The Eagles get out of here. Yeah. All right, man. And by the way, I was <laughs> I was wrong. I gave you a little too much. Maybe I was a little premature. I said at the top of the show you were 25 and 10 against me. You're only 24 and 10 against me. Oh well. So maybe geez. maybe I had a you're bad cut, premonition. Down now. Yeah, I'm cutting it down. I have to. All right, so this week we are going to do uh, board games. Best board games of all time, or favorite board games of all time, whatever way you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to get a W here, man. I hope this one is competitive. I feel good about it. We did not talk. By the way, I'm going to be completely honest with everybody. I don't know why I'm revealing this information on the show, but originally we were going to pre-draft so that I could put all the graphics together to make sure I had them because if you're watching this on YouTube, I'd be able to slap up some graphics. And I took a wild guess at ones I might pick are out there. So some will be up there, some won't. But I don't know who you're going to pick where I thought I would have known. So mm-hmm. maybe it would have been, I should have, because then maybe I could have had a better strategy and could have asked other people for picks instead of doing this on the fly right now. Maybe that's what's hurting me. <laughs> I got no management over here in the studio. All right. And it's, uh, I don't, I don't, I have an idea of where you might go, but I really don't. Like I don't have a pre, I don't have a good pre-scout on you. I don't think you're going to, I don't think you're going to guess what my first pick is, but before that, cause you had the first pick last week, which by right. the way, that was almost a Tony Soprano level pick. A lot of people were saying that you won because you took sweet Caroline. I'm like, he had the first pick, man. 
That was a slam. Would dunk you have first picked pick. it though? No, I would not have. Aha, see. I no matter I could, what I could have picked it fifth. If I would have had won. the I would have took him in the top three. Love Shack was my number one. So I, I would have picked that no matter what. That song makes me sick and it makes my skin crawl. So I would have picked Love Shack even if I had the first pick. Then it would have been close between Sweet Carolina because I hate that song and I hate the Red Sox and I know they sing it at Fenway Park. So I hate that song with a passion. That was very high on my list. That or Paradise by the Dashboard Light, one of them. Anyway, so you had the first pick. I'm going first this week. Look, I mean, board games pretty much, I think, anyway, are all classics at this point. My first pick, maybe a surprise to people. I, I think it will be a surprise, is uh, Clue. I'm picking Clue as my first overall pick, man. I remember playing it as a kid all the mm-hmm. time. Remember the characters, Professor Plum, Miss Scarlet, uh, Peacock, Colonel Mustard. Uh, yep. I, the object of the game for people who are young who maybe, maybe didn't grow up on there, didn't play this growing up, the object was to, to guess who did it, where, and with what weapon. And I remember the weapons too, dude. Uh, a, a revolver, a wrench, a, a lead pipe. I can't remember all. I think maybe a, a candlestick, a noose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A rope. Yeah. So I will say this too. I remember. See, I like. I've always like wanted to be a detective. And I don't know if you watched this growing up. But I'm, you know, I'm older than you. So, but mm-hmm. when I was, I don't know how old I was. I was young though. On CBS on Sunday nights, Murder She Wrote would be on after football. And I watched it every Sunday with Angela Lansbury, which is like an old person show, but I was a kid and I watched it. It was a murder mystery every week. And I was fascinated by that show. And to me, clue is, that's what clue is. You're, you're trying to solve, you're taking the clues and you're solving mysteries. By the way, again, people listening wouldn't know this. If you're watching this on video, or at least I'm looking at Joe right now, Joe is not the least bit impressed with my first overall pick. I got a feeling this was not ranked very high on your list at all. But I'm telling you, man, I'm going to go down with this. I'm going to go down with this train if it, go, if it goes down because uh, I feel good about it. I'm taking Clue. I, uh, to me, Clue's a better movie than it is a game, but the movie doesn't exist without the game, so I'm kind of torn on that one. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's a t- that everybody in that movie is, is at peak hilarity. <laughs> well, that, that's, a, that's a whole other conversation where we could get derailed by. Um, Two, giving me two in a row on this one is is nice because uh, there's a lot open. Now, I, Clue was on my list because it's Clue. Like, who doesn't like Clue for crying out loud? Right, so you Clue's do at great. least like the game. I mean, oh yeah, you weren't yeah, like I, you weren't thinking like, oh my god, what a shitty ass pick. <laughs> now maybe a first. No. This might be like taking a a guy. This might be like when the Bills took Dante Whitner with the eighth overall pick. Like no one thought that dude was going to be picked in the top <laughs> ten. He was like a late. I'm, I'll never not take a shot at Dante Whitner when I get an opportunity, but. He was like late first round, early second round, and the Bills took him top 10. And I was like, what a reach. I got a feeling that a lot of people- <laughs> Has he blocked there, you on Twitter? Uh, he wasn't, He blocked me 11 years ago after he tried to fight me. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, but, all right then. But, any, but anyway, uh, this was a reach pick. I admit that with Clue. But I wouldn't, you know, if you would have taken it second and third, I don't know what, I've never talked to you before. I don't know what uh, board games you love. I would have been mad at myself if you would have taken this two or three. Or if I tried to hide it even to five, you know what I mean? I would have been pissed. So yeah, I'll, I'll live fair. with this. What do you that's got? That's fair. Um, so I'm going to, this, this, this category is just dominated by classics. It's, it's impossible sure. to not go with the classics. There's a lot of really good ones modern wise, which maybe I'll try to sneak one in, maybe two. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, but uh, I got to go with Scrabble. 
Okay. Scrabble's Scrabble's an all-timer. Like it Scrabble's so good they they made a you know, they did the rip-off version of it for phones with words with friends, you know, so you could play Scrabble everywhere. And then Scrabble had to make their own version of the same exact game. So it was just to be like, hey guys, listen, we're the kings. Okay. Like just, <laughs> just back down already, please. Um and the other one, it's infuriating to play. It it it's infuriating to play. The games can last forever. And there's always going to be an argument and there's always going to be somebody that, that ends up really pissed off at the end of it. It's Monopoly. Monopoly is just, it's iconic. Yeah. It's, it's still fun, even though it's, it's deeply upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like you end up, you end up figuring out who amongst your friends are just absolute cutthroat monsters. In, in that game because you're just like, damn, all right, somebody really wants to win this game. I thought we were having fun here. And it's like, man, you're you're making me take out your 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 garbage for a couple weeks so I can get on, you know, so I can get Ontario. Like, geez, dude, like relax, man. That's that's one of the light blue ones. Like, leave me alone. Like, please. I or think Oriental this, is, I think this like, is the most universally popular game. I think yeah. this is what I expected you to pick first. And yeah. I would say this too. <laughs> I talk. I talked to, so today. You I can play I, at I McDonald's, did, man. They even, oh even rigged that. But I, I agree with what I didn't like about this game is everything you said. I think you said it perfectly too. This game always led. I, from what I remember, I have not played this game in many, many years. It mm-hmm. always led to beef at the table. Yeah. You mm-hmm. always got into it with somebody, and there was a mm-hmm. lot of cheating going on in this game. Oh yeah, lots of cheating, and the shit would take forever to play. But oh, yeah, this is the. When it comes to board games, this is the this is the benchmark, man. There's it's no the king. There's no question about it. It's not even a, a debate. Also, it, it's one of the few games where you can have house rules, and that's okay. Like what you do, <laughs> like what you do with free parking. Like that's it's just a rando spot. Like, what the hell do you do with this? It's like well, you decide what you want to do with it. Like, okay, all right. Then everybody has to agree to it before the game, which then c- can start the game with an argument. So then you then you have it out for whoever at the tables that was fighting you on it. You're just like, all right, I'm, I'm here to fuck that guy up. I'm going to beat his ass. He's not going to get any trades from me. And then you end up losing to him anyway. You know, what's fun about this category for me personally right now, doing this with you, doing this draft this week. And they're all, to some extent, they're always all fun. I feel like when we do certain categories, I kind of sort of know where you might be going with your picks <laughs> this week. I don't know. We've never had it. Like we've discussed yeah. music before or, had enough variations of a category that I kind of yeah. get a feel for what you like and what you don't like board mm-hmm. games. I got no idea. You mm-hmm. might love this next one. You might say, what? You might've never even played it, but I'm like, gonna... I don't even know. I don't know what to expect from you. <laughs> I'm just going to leave All right, let's go. Uh, all right. Well, I'm, t- I'm going to go back to my teenage years. This was a game that not only did I love playing, I loved the strategies that came with it. Stratego. I oh, okay. grew up loving this game. Um, I remember, and I vividly remember this too. When I was a teenager, I remember very well. I had a notebook and I don't know if, you, if you've ever played the game before, but the object is to, to get a flag and there's bombs and it's like one through 10 with numbers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I've, I so, so remember having a notebook. You could, cause it was like 40, there's like 33 movable players um, seven bombs and then the flag. So there's 40 pieces in total. And I used to have a notebook and I would write four rows of 10 or the strategies. I would have mm-hmm. strategies. I would have different, you know, put in the flag at different parts and where mm-hmm. I would put the bombs and the spy because the spy was the, the biggest one. 
except somebody I can't remember all the rules. God, it's been so many, so many years now since I've played this game. But uh, yeah, I grew up absolutely loving Stratego. So that's one. And then I, I, I kind of feel like a hypocrite saying this in a way because you've heard me many times on this show now bash Jeopardy. And I say, oh, I know where you're going. I already know who you're the, picking. The, yeah, the reason why I bash it is because I say I can't watch a TV show where I feel like 95% of the people that watch it, including myself, so everyone out there don't take too much offense, are stupid. And you can never answer questions <laughs> properly. You know, you get like maybe four or five right for the entire episode of Jeopardy. But I'm going with the classic Trivia Pursuit. Um, there were six categories to it, mm-hmm. which by the way, some of the questions, like it's growing up as a sports fan, by the way, the, uh, what color was it? God damn it. It was orange. It was orange sports orange, and yeah. sports and leisure. Then you mm-hmm. had geography, which I felt pretty decent about entertainment, uh, in history, eh, science eh. <laughs> and arts and literature. <laughs> eh. <laughs> I didn't know that shit all that well, but I remember later. Cause anytime I had an opportunity to, to, to do sports questions, I would always, I would pick orange every single time, unless it was for a pie, you know, and they, uh, mm-hmm. they get in the six pies. You want to talk about a game that would take forever. Actually, we would never even finish. I remember, because again, I, I'm <laughs> stupid and I hung out with stupid people. We'd get to a point where we would play. If you got a question right, you got a pie. You didn't have to land on the pie and get the pie question right. Like you just had mm-hmm. to get six questions right to, from, you know, six different categories to, to kind of shorten the game. Another great thing about this game, but I'm, I'm just going to say Trivia Pursuit is there's so many additions that have come out through the years. Yeah. The 80s, I love the 80s. In fact, I've mm-hmm. played that not too long ago, so there's an 80s edition. There's pop culture editions. I, there's a sports edition. There's so many editions of Trivia Pursuit that have come out. So as much as I'm generally not a fan of game shows or even games where, you know, it's about being smart, about <laughs> trivia, this is the exception. Um, I, I'm going to go with that. So I feel good about that. Trivia Pursuit. I, uh, my buddies and I, one time we played a uh, star Wars trivial pursuit and we were dorks. We were huge dorks and then like huge star Wars fans. We figured, Oh, this is going to be easy. We fired this thing up. They were pulling questions about stuff that we were just like, huh? What? Like <laughs> talking about characters that were on screen for like 30 seconds and being like, where did this person come into blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, what, what was their name? I don't even know. I, I, I don't know what they look like. What are you talking about? Like insane. <laughs> It was, it was insane how deep that was. We were just, we thought it was going to be a nice quick game. You know, it was three of us playing nice and easy. No, it took forever. <laughs> it took us forever because we were just like, what the hell are they talking about? There's a lot of prequel questions, which sure. we did not appreciate. But, but yeah. Um, you got two now. So, yeah, I, I went with a couple of classics before, but now I'm going to go for the all-time classic. I mean all-time chess. Mm. Chess. chess is, I mean, we call Monopoly and Scrabble like the, the uh, like the granddads. This is the great grandfather. Like this is the game sure. that made every game possible, like every strategy game possible. Like it's every like everything about that like is built around chess. Chess is inc- chess is an incredible game. It's freaking hard. It's and there's a zillion different ways you can go about it to play, and it's just it, it's. It's a it's a brain bender where you got to try to outthink your opponent. You got to be like nine steps ahead. Like it's it's so frustrating. And if you're against somebody who's at all any good with it, 
oh, you're going to hate yourself. You're just going to be like, <laughs> why am I so stupid? Why can I not play this game? Uh, like, how did they know that I was going to like, this was going to work out this way? And it's just, they're just like, no, I had this strategy and I did this. And it was like, oh, fucker. <laughs> but like, but chess is, chess is so good. It's, I, to me, I don't know. Maybe part of the appeal of games is that some of them can be so frustrating that you're just like, oh, I can get this. I know I can. And you, it's just that feeling constantly where you're just you're just like no i got this no 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 i i can get i can beat this i can win this game and then it's just like but you get that one win and then you're like yes yes i did it yes you know <laughs> like you just you freak out and you're just like yeah i finally did this and it's like yeah congratulations way to go and yeah you did it yeah wait yeah, you, here's your parade pal um but my next choice is is it's another strategy game and it even has a movie made about it it's Battleship. Mm, you prick. <laughs> um, Battleship is forever entertaining. It's it forever fun. And the dumb stuff you can do to try to, to, to fake out who you're playing against is insane. Like <laughs> Some of the strategies I've seen people use, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, that's, it's, it's so goofy because you're just getting people to waste shots against you. And then it's just like, all right, okay, I get it. Fine. But yeah, battleship battleship rules because it's, again, it's the same thing. You're trying to outthink your opponent and come up with something that they're not expecting. And then maybe you did, maybe you didn't, who knows? <laughs> I'm, all right. Two, two takes on your last two picks. Number one, on my, on my children, battleship was my next pick. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you stole that from me. I was 100% gonna take battleship <laughs> i love that game man mm -hmm. love 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 that game and i remember i mean you had the you know the manual game but then it wasn't there was an electronic version that came out yeah. a little later on too i remember mm -hmm. having that game as a kid too love that game i was gonna pick it next here's a confession and i'm being completely honest with the people out here right now i have never in my life played chess wow never, not once never i've wow. never played I've never played. I've never learned how to play it. I'm not going to say I never wanted to learn how. I just, mm -hmm. I never did. I never played the game before. I, uh, <laughs> I, I play checkers. I'm not going to pick checkers, obviously. <laughs> you know, I was just saying, oh, there's his next pick. No, checkers. you know why? Because you know why? Because if I, if I pick checkers, you're going to be like, oh, he's, I'm playing chess. He's just playing checkers. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would have been a good diss towards me. It would have been a smart one too, but you all, you also saw it coming a mile away. So yeah, I'll give you, yeah, exactly. I'll give you credit for not picking. I, I, I would have flirted with checkers. though as my fifth pick. If you didn't take chess, but Good, I, I could just I, see it now. The poll blocked you. Joe's got, Joe's got chess. Patrick's got checkers. That would be like the story of everything right there. So <laughs> did not pick them. All right. So I got my last two here. I'm going to take uh, my first one is going to be connect Four. Nice. I liked playing this as a kid, simple game, but fun, you know, pretty, uh, I mean, you can just see that if, if you're watching YouTube, you can see the graphic right there. You just, you got to get four in a row, whether it's four mm -hmm. up, four in a row, whatever way. It was a pretty simple game and nothing much to it, but I liked it. This, you know why I like this category too, Joe, is because it's taken me, just like when we do like 80s music categories or something, it takes me back. Like I, as I'm saying and talking about these and they might not resonate well with people, I don't know, but it brings me back to a place. Like it brings me back in time playing that game. Mm -hmm. I remember. Board games, generally speaking, um, are kids' games for me. Uh, 
you know, all these, except, except for Trivia Pursuit. I've played that sparingly throughout the years and a little bit of Monopoly like you picked too. But anyway, so Connect Four is one. And, and this game, uh, I'm going to admit this now. This is a game that's really silly and uh, in a way dumb. And if you really think about the object of winning, there's so many games that are better than this. And I, I, I might pay for it, but I'm going to pick it anyway because I loved playing it when I was a kid again. Operation. Nice. I liked Operation <laughs> a lot, man. You get, for people out there who probably <laughs> never played it, which... You're under 30, 35 is probably most people. Um, you would get cards and you would get money and you got to take out parts of this dude's anatomy. And if you touch the metal part with the tweezers, the buds would go off. Then the next person would have to go and so on. You had to p push the tweezers around. You know what I mean? Go around the table or whatever. And at the end of the day, and this is why I think this thing is so stupid is whoever had the most money won, but like, there was just nothing to it. Like if you got two or three of the most expensive parts, you, you, you could, you'd win no matter what. So in a, in a way, the game is dumb, but I'm being, <laughs> I'm being honest with myself here. I grew up loving the game. I, I was obsessed with the, the little buzz feeling that you would get when mm -hmm. it would hit the metal, the tweezer. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> That's why I'm picking the game as dumb as it may be sound. So two old classics there Connect Four, which I do feel good about Connect Four. I think that's a popular game. That's and, a great pick. And, and, and Operation. No, no, I'm all right with those. Now you're going to add the last pick here. Yeah, and uh, I got there's there's so many ways to go about this because, I mean, there's a zillion games. Like, I, let's be real here. Oh, um, God damn it, I missed one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I I'll can't say, wait I'll, to hear which one I'll now. say it after. If you don't pick it, um, I'm going to say the one I should have picked after. Oh, bad. Uh, you know, like, I'm just looking through and there's so many like i get distracted because i got a list i got a list in front of me and i'm like oh this is this is this i love playing this one but then it's like also like oh this one's fun too like i just i'm just you get lost in that it's tough it's hard to pick five but like yeah limiting this to five is freaking sure freaking hard um <clears throat> excuse me see i got it down to two <laughs> I was gonna say I, I love when it gets tough for us, man. That that got it down to that's two, when it gets just, fun. I got this is like flip a coin. I don't have a coin in front of me because otherwise I would have. While you're coming up with it, I I committed negligence in my war room, my draft war room here. I um, I had a list, <laughs> and again, I think you rattled me a little bit because, quite frankly, I was planning on taking Battleship and Connect Four. Those are going to be my last two, and then you took Battleship, and I jumped on Connect Four. But then I look at my list, and I'm like, I had one ranked ahead of Operation. Okay, so I got one. I, I I was trying to diversify my 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 picks a little bit here because I don't know I, that that's my own mental blockage. I guess I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, I I settled on settled. I I didn't settle on it. I I'm happy with this choice, and it became a catchphrase on ESPN. But it's Yahtzee. Yahtzee. Okay, it's a good pick. Good pick. Yahtzee, like. For a dice game that wouldn't get your fingers cut off by some guy in an alley, Yahtzee is, is <laughs> was the perfect way to go about it because it was just I don't know, man. Like you're you're just like playing the odds the whole time and you're just kind of like, all right, am I gonna do you know, how is this gonna work? And then, you know, you're just trying to just rack up points and beat everybody else's head in. But then if you get, you know, if you roll everything together, it's Yahtzee, got it. Like that's a me. Solid that, pick. Yeah. So that, yeah, I, I 
I feel I feel good about it. There's so there's so many goddamn games I could have picked, but like I gotta pick one. So Yahtzee. Well, let me tell you the one. That's a good pick. The one that I should have taken that I didn't was uh I don't know if you play Risk. Oh, Risk. I used to yeah. love playing Risk. Kind of a war game. I mean, it is not kind of. It is a war game. Very. As you look back now in the year 2022, it's so primitive. You know what I mean? You have your see. I artillery. I steered away from Risk because you took Stratego. Because those are like they're different. They're completely different games. But it's like this. It, it always felt like it was either you were a Risk fan growing up or you were a Stratego fan. It was yeah. like one or the other. It always felt like. Well, I clearly prefer Stratego, but I enjoy playing Risk. You know, which is funny because I'm not a military. I was never a military person. Like I never had aspirations of, of being a soldier or anything, but I like playing those games. Another one was sorry too. I, I liked yeah. that game a lot. It was pretty, that was the other one I was debating on. Was it? Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. There's a, a couple other ones too. We have life. Life's a good trouble. That was a good game. Uh, I was talking to Aaron about this before the show because you know, I like to tell these categories. Hungry, hungry hippo. I don't know if you played that, though, but I like <laughs> that, that game a lot. Up. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah. And then, uh, what was the other one? But see, now my friends played this, a couple of my friends. And I thought they were nerds, quite frankly, because it was very, uh, <laughs> axes and allies. I don't know if you ever played that. Oh, that's yeah. a really mm-hmm. complicated, like, there's a lot that goes into that game. A lot. Like you gotta, it's gotta like, be, let's take risk and stratego and make it that much, right, make ri- it way harder. Yeah. Risk and stratego are games that pretty much anyone can play. In fact, quite frankly, risk is easier to play. It's just rolling the dice and luck where stratego yeah. does matter. I mean, you got to. Stratego is a game about, well, obviously it's a war game, but it's about strategy, but it's also about memory because you got to remember what pieces moved and what number it was mm-hmm. that moved that took your guy out. So that had a lot to do with that. But, uh, all right, let me, let me recap these, man. I feel, I don't know how I feel every time I say I, that. I'm, shit. I'm very torn on this. I have no, I like, again, I had no idea what you were going to pick. I didn't really have an idea what I was going to pick either. But like, I don't know how people are going to judge this. Like, this is this is all over the map as far as I'm concerned. Let me let me run off the picks here. All right, so I took Clue, Stratego, Trivia Pursuit, Connect Four, and Operation. Joe took Scrabble, Monopoly, Chess, Battleship, and Yahtzee. The reason why I feel uh, going into this, and again, I don't want to. First of all, I ain't going to talk no shit. I've learned that lesson already. <laughs> so I ain't going to be talking no shit here. I, I I would say this. I don't know how people are going to, I have no earthly clue mm-hmm. how people mm-hmm. are going to react. There's been some polls where I felt really good about them. Then there's some polls where I already knew. I'm like, dude, I just got my ass whooped. I think we picked 10 pretty, I think we picked 10 games. All right, let me say, take that back. I think we picked nine games here where I think a lot of people would agree with. Now people are going to have their own take because you can only pick five. And What's the one that you disagree operation? With? I don't. I don't think operations going to be. I don't know. People. I don't know. That was a game that I played, but I don't think anybody ever actually won it. <laughs> is the thing because like you get like that electric jolt from hitting the metal, and you're just like, oh, was, like, yeah, you can but, only do that so many times before you're just like, you know what? Fuck this game. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And it was about getting money for cards or whatever. Monopoly's obviously the big one. And when, when we, uh, when analysts break this draft down years from now, they might look back and say, Pat with the first <laughs> overall pick dropped the ball by not taking Monopoly because sometimes you got to take the franchise quarterback and that Monopoly is yeah. the franchise quarterback, whereas Clue is that boomer bust defensive end. You know, he could become the next Bruce Smith or he could be the next Aaron Maven. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of. I think that's how it's going to, that was a, what a hell of a sports analogy that was. I just threw together a, on the fly. It was a good poll. It was a good poll. It was a good poll. I, I, I got to say there, there was a third game that I was thinking about, but I was like, 
I don't, I, I view it more as a card game and not a board game. And that's Uno. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you would have fought me back on that one being like, dude, that's a card. I game. might have. I mean, it's its own cards, but like, it's, it's, it's a great really game. A game. Oh, it's a great game. It, it really, it is literally a card game though. Cause then you're, mm-hmm. you're in, it's the same thing to me as uh, playing war with cards or, yeah. or go fish. Cause it's purely cards. Mm-hmm. It'll be yep. fun. I'm going I'm to see how this plays out. Man. This is going to be good. All right, everybody, make sure you give Joe a follow on Twitter at Joe Yurden. Check out Maintenance Day Podcast. Joe Yurden, Lance Lazowski drops every Monday. Noted Hockey, Substack, subscribe, God damn it! Yes, <laughs> damn it. This was fun, man. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this draft, especially. I mean, we always talk sports and some of our, yeah. I mean, I never not have a good time doing our draft, but this one specifically, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to, to putting this out to fans and seeing how they react. Which, by the way, at Pat Moran tweets or at Joe Yurin again, tomorrow, Friday, if you're hearing this Friday, it'll be today. Um, it'll be on Twitter. So make sure you go vote. I, this might, this whole episode might be on video. This clip from the video uh, draft or the board game draft, I should say, is definitely going to be on video. So that'll mm-hmm. be on YouTube as well. Thanks, brother, man. This was fun as always. Dude, it was great. Like, I, I, we got to do more drafts where we have no idea what the other guy's going to pick. Yeah, I liked it. It was fun. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.